Hey there, this is Mike Wyatt Jr., the editor for Night Shift Radio's The Storyteller Series Podcast. Over the past two years, we've brought you some of the best short fiction out there and turned them into full-cast audiobooks. Now it's my turn to entertain you all personally. The first installment of my five-book series, The Anesian Convergence, is coming out on May 27th. Released by Chris Kennedy Publishing and Theogony Books, the first novel in the series, Last Bid for a Dying Earth, is a near-future sci-fi about Sarah, a young woman who works on Earth's only space elevator for one of the last tickets off our dying planet. She'll do anything to have a chance of survival, even sacrifice her identity and safety under the control of an artificial intelligence. But when a chance encounter exposes a conspiracy that threatens the future of humanity, Sarah must decide whether saving herself is worth abandoning everyone and everything she cares about. The first book sets up the rest of the series, which will take place 400 years later, but you won't have to wait forever for the next one. Book 2, Fallen Hunter, should drop a month or two afterwards, followed by Book 3, Focused on the Wind. If I don't get hit by a bus or something, the fourth book should drop very shortly after that. So keep an ear on the ground and your eyes on the stars. The Anesian Convergence is coming to you May 27th. Episode 10, The Whisper. Listener discretion. This episode contains brief references to assault and self-harm. This week's episode is the season one finale, and I've saved what was, for me, the scariest for last. Meanwhile, we'll be hard at work sourcing new spook nuggets, so make sure you're subscribed so you get notified when season two drops. And don't forget, if you have a story of the possibly paranormal that you want us to tell, you can email possiblynormal at nightshiftradio.com. This is the story of the last of the encounters that I've personally had, so far, and in true season-ending fashion, it's a little intense. First, some backstory. As you've likely inferred from my previous stories, I've moved around quite a bit. From upstate New York to eastern North Carolina, back to New York to St. Louis, to a brief stint in the San Francisco Bay Area, back to New York, and finally back to St. Louis. Maybe I'm the real restless spirit here. When I moved back to Syracuse from California, I bought a condo in downtown. It was a nice home, in as good a location as I could have asked for. And last I saw, it was an Airbnb, so you could stay in it and cozy up to the fireplace. But this story doesn't take place there. 
Within less than six months of relocating, I was laid off from my job. It was devastating, and job prospects were bleak, so we made the difficult decision to sell the condo and find a place to rent while we figured our lives out. It took a bit longer than we were comfortable with, but we managed to find a buyer, and we moved into a weird old loft in a gorgeous warehouse district adjacent to downtown. What can I say? We're suckers for red brick. The building had been an industrial facility that changed hands a number of times. Probably the most well-known occupant prior to its modern incarnation was the Julius Resnick Handbag Company. Now it's known for a chain spaghetti restaurant, a few local shops, and some overpriced apartments. We moved in July. It was a rocky transition, but I had found a great new job and things were looking up. By fall, however, I started to feel uneasy. There was nothing I could explain, at least at first, just little things. The place was a big open space with a lofted bedroom that had only a half wall to let light in from the massive windows. But it was super dark at night. I mean pitch black, as though no light at all was able to come in through those windows. Now Ellen swears that it wasn't, and she could see just fine. Maybe she just has better night vision but I'd never experienced a home that felt this dark. Soon after, I started having nightmares again. At this point in our lives, Ellen was quite familiar with the sounds of me attempting to scream through my sleep paralysis and would be pretty quick to wake me up. And the nightmares got more frequent as time went on. I woke up one night to a full-body mist figure of sorts, just standing over me and just watching. Now, this was the first time I'd seen anything I'd classify as an apparition in years. And oddly enough, this didn't feel scary. It felt like whatever this was, it was at worst simply curious. At best, maybe it was watching over me. After what happened later, I tend to lean towards the latter. After a few seconds, the mist faded, and I never saw it again. And a couple of nights later, I just, I just couldn't fall asleep. I was overwhelmed with a sense of dread. I don't really know how to describe it, but it didn't feel like my own emotions. And this was the moment I began to feel as though I was living someone else's experience. The best way I can describe it is that I was occupying the same physical space where a terrifying thing, a terrible thing, had happened and was somehow feeling the echoes of that event. It started with a pressure, first at my legs and eventually over my entire body, like an invisible presence climbing on top of me and there was nothing I could do to stop it. And I don't say this lightly, it felt like I was experiencing someone else's assault, like reliving an echo of a horrible trauma. I was terrified and emotionally ragged. And when the pressure finally eased, I was able to drift into a half-sleep until I heard the music. Faint, like a music box in another room. The walls were thin. Maybe it was coming from next door. But I'd never heard anything like it previously, or after, for that matter. Suddenly, I heard a loud, angry whisper directly in my ear couldn't make out what it said, but it was one of the scariest things I had ever experienced. I don't think I slept that much. 
I was awake now for sure. As time went on, it got to where I couldn't stay in this apartment alone, even during the, the daytime. There weren't any more specific incidents, just that creeping sense of dread, and that something didn't want me there. Me specifically. I was in a really bad emotional state. One day I found myself snapping out of a daze, standing in the kitchen with a knife to my skin. And then after a few months, it just stopped. It's not that I ever felt safe or comfortable there, but I no longer felt like I was in danger. Shortly after, we moved back to St. Louis and, well, you already know what happens there. <laughs> 